This is Booch News with Ian Griffin, a podcast all about kombucha. So I'm on the phone today with Alex Himmelbar, who's the founder and owner of a Mexican kombucha company, Vallesana, there in uh, the Valle de Bravo, which is two hours west of Mexico City in the mountains on the shore of a big, beautiful lake. And uh, it's great to talk with you, Alex. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Ian? Well, I, I'm good. I'm back in California, and I, I'm so uh, sad in a way that I didn't get a chance to travel more. I spent five weeks on the coast at uh, Puerto Vallarta. I put up a few Instagram posts of uh, kombucha I spotted in the store in Puerto Vallarta. I went to Guadalajara and uh, Lake Chapala. I saw a guy selling June. That's all on my Instagram. But I didn't get a chance to connect with you. And we met, actually, at the last kombucha conference in Long Beach. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, I want to jump right in because at that conference we had what was called a kombucha cup. I was one of the judges where we blind tasted a whole bunch of kombucha. And also there was then a follow-up that I wasn't at at the European Salon. Uh, hold, both of these hosted by Kombucha Brewers International. And at both of those events, you, you won prizes. What, what, were the, what were the brand, uh, what were the flavors that were the prize-winning ones that you took to those events? Well, our uh, original flavor was the highlight. <laughs> we won yeah. gold uh, at the Kombucha Cup, an original flavor, and bronze in fruit flavor, we have a, a lemon flavor. And at the uh, World Kombucha Awards, we won also gold and in the original flavor. So apparently I'm very good at making just raw original kombucha, but I still have to work on my flavors. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. I applaud that because you know, I'm a home brewer and I usually don't bother flavoring. I know in the commercial market, I see you've got, you've got your original, you've got a ginger, a mint, and a lemon uh, flavor. But I have watched, and I'll put links to this in the, in the, pod, in the uh, write-up on Butch News. People should check out your YouTube channel because even though I don't speak Spanish, I could follow along with your demonstrating the high-quality tea that you use. You can see inside your fermentary beautiful room with open windows, a lot of glass. Uh, tell me about your process. Oh, well, first of all, you know, you've already said that you, you started drinking kombucha with digestive issues. You moved to Valle de Sana. There were three other brands there. When did you first start making your own? Was it just for your own consumption? And then how did you become a commercial company? Yeah, that's exactly how it, uh, you described it. Um, I, um, my wife uh, went to a fermenting course. My, uh, like you said, I had really bad digestive issues. I started drinking kombucha. I started feeling a lot better. and I, uh, I had already been with all kinds of different doctors trying to figure out what was wrong with my stomach. So I started drinking kombucha, and I started feeling better, and I just fell in love with the kombucha. The first kombucha I started drinking was a lot more vinegary, stronger. It wasn't a flavor profile that I would majorly enjoy, but 
it made me feel good, so I, I started drinking. Then we moved to Rio de Bravo, and I found another uh, couple of brands here, and they all tasted very different from each other. There are three other brands here in, in Rio de Bravo. When we moved to Rio de Bravo, uh, I don't think anyone was making kombucha in Mexico City. I used to be able to find a kombucha made in Monterey. So I, uh, I started drinking all the different kombuchas and I, I just saw the huge gap, of the, the difference in the flavor profile of each one of them. And one thing that was really um, interesting is that Mexico City has 22 million people. Nobody was making kombucha back then in Mexico City, and there were already three brands. Well, when I moved to Bayerau, there were two other brands, and then I found out that there was a third brand. But it was funny that a small town two hours away from Mexico City had three brands of kombucha, and in Mexico City, there were no, nobody was making kombucha. Nobody knew about kombucha back then. That was just kind of fun. Then I started uh, buying the kombucha here and buy the bravo because it just tasted better. And then my kids and my wife started liking kombucha. And it started building up on the bills. You know? So I figured, well, I'm going to see how, how, how I can make this at home. I started watching YouTube videos of how to prepare. Um, the first batches I made were completely awful. I mean, they were just vinegar. Uh, I just let them ferment for too long. And uh, after a while, I started uh, finding better ways of making kombucha. I, I didn't bottle until the 10th or 12th day. I started um, making eight liter batches, uh, about two gallons. That's it. Uh, and I used to leave about four uh, almost half of the kombucha there and just add another four liters of tea. And I would just bottle about uh, four or five days after brewing. And I got a really good taste out of that. So when people came over to our house and I, I was making kombucha back then, I, I told them, hey, you want to try kombucha? And everyone was like, what the hell is that? You know, nobody knew about kombucha in Mexico. So they tried it, and it was really nice to find people that came after, I don't know, a few months to buy them over to our house again. And they would come and say, do you have any of that stuff that you gave me last time? I don't even know how it was called, but it just it was great. We, I stuffed my face. I ate a lot, and I, it made me feel good with my um, digestion the next day. So I started selling to friends and family. First, I used to just give it for free. Then all the bottles were really expensive. I was buying bottles so that I could just give them away. And I started telling people, oh, you have to bring the bottles back. I won't be able to. I'm not going to keep buying bottles and just giving them away. And besides, um, it's just throwing bottles away. It's ecologically, I don't think that's a good thing. We We... Uh, recycle all of, of most of our bottles. Um, so that's how I started. 
And then people yeah. started telling me, well, you know, you should start selling it. This is a very good product. It tastes great and makes you feel good, and it's, it's, it's something you should think about. Then uh, the first three years when we moved to Valle Bravo, I was commuting back to Mexico City. I used to go to Mexico City. With, I'm an audio engineer, so I had a place at my studio that I could sleep in. So I would stay in Mexico City from Monday to Thursday, and then I, I would come back to Valle Bravo to my family from Friday to Sunday. So then I started selling a little bit more kombucha and after three years of commuting back and forth to Mexico City, I just took the decision. I made a decision to come to Valle Bravo and start making kombucha for a living. So the first years were really rough, and now we're okay. And what year? What year? How long ago are we talking? When when was that that you started um, making it to sell? How long ago? About four years ago, almost five okay. years ago. That was four and a half years ago, more or less. Okay. Okay. Sorry to interrupt, but I just wanted to get a perspective no, 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 on that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I totally resonate. I give away my kombucha. Um, people like it, like you say, but the expense, you know, you can't get bottles for free. And then, of course, your uh, raw materials, even though we know it's not prohibitive, uh, tea and sugar and just the energy you need to heat the water. What, can you describe your process? On your video, I see you really, what kind of teas? It looks like you're mixing green and black tea. So what is Vayasana's base tea, the, the original, the award-winning original made from? We, yeah, we, we use regular OP black tea, organic, and with all the ingredients we use are organic. So it's black uh, OP uh, tea, and we use gunpowder green tea uh, okay. for kombucha. We mix both of them and just add sugar. We have uh, the spring uh, water about 200 yards from our place, so it's just spring water. That is something that I must. Um, I've been making uh, experiments. First, one one of the things that I told you, I was commuting back and forth to Mexico City. So one time, I was making kombucha in Valle Bravo and then bringing it with me to Mexico. So I figured, well, I'm just going to start making kombucha in Mexico City, so I can have kombucha, fresh kombucha all the places where I live. So I just took uh, water from the faucet, I boiled it, and I tried to make kombucha with that. It just didn't work. I mean, I didn't take the chlorine out with, uh, with carbon, uh, with a carbon filter, so all the, most of the chlorine was still in there, and it just tasted awful. I mean, it, it didn't work out. I mean, I left it for three times as long as what I used to do here in Valle Bravo. And uh, it just never uh, carbonated. It, it was just awful. I've done yeah. a few uh, experiments with good quality filters, with Kangen filters, and yeah, it works, but 
after um, two or three fermentations uh, using just Kangen filter versus spring water, it just tastes different. I mean, once you get chlorine into it, I'm thinking that it, that's the reason. Once you get chlorine into the water, I mean, if you can take it completely out, it just somehow yeah. ruins the fermentation process. Yeah, and Valle de Bravo, west of Mexico City, is on a large lake. Is, is it, it, so it's very uh, pristine, right? It looks like a beautiful, hilly area. The spring water is, is 100% pure, and as you say, that makes a big difference. Um, and yeah. can you describe, I mean, I encourage people to go to the Booch News posting on this if you're listening to the audio only, and, and I'm going to include a few of your videos, but uh, your, your beautiful um, uh, facility uh, it looks very distinctive where, where you actually make the kombucha. Uh, we can see it on the videos. Can you just describe that? It looks like it's got a lot of skylights and you've got the stainless steel containers. Uh, how, how, is that part of your house or is that a separate building where you make the brewery? It's, it's part of my house. We built, I started making uh, the kombucha in, in sort of like a basement here in, in our house. Now that basement is uh, used to wash the bottles and just for storage. And we built a new facility right um, beside our house. Uh, one thing that I, like I said, I started making it at home. And when I started selling more kombucha at the kitchen uh, were uh, was too small so I started putting different jars all over the house and there were some jars that were right next to a window so everyone has this concept of kombucha not liking sunlight and I just realized that the kombucha that was right next to the window and the kombucha that I was making like in the darkest place in the kitchen was almost the same and the place where, where when we built this house we didn't uh, tear not a single tree down so we're really surrounded by trees there's almost no direct sunlight but there's a lot of light coming into our facility all the roof is just glass so I honestly think that kombucha actually likes sunlight for some reason. We yeah. don't force carbonate. So I don't know if that's what's helping. I've heard of some people that can't get carbonation and some that just get too much carbonation. But mm -hmm. we, we're balancing out, I don't know, with light and uh, mixing vinegar with uh, fresh kombucha when, before every batch that we start. Uh, if, yep. I'll try to elaborate a little bit more on, on how we, we make it. We, we, make, we make the tea. I don't boil the tea. Uh, I let it um, cold brew. We leave the tea huh? for 12 hours uh, in a stainless steel vessel. After 12 hours, we take the tea bag out. We add sugar. We mix it. And then we... Add to that, we put that tea into one of our fermenters. Um, we take care of our scobies too. We, we clean every single 
lot that we bottle. We take out the old SCOBY from the bottom. We leave the new tea, and we add uh, vinegar, to uh, kombucha vinegar to that uh, SCOBY so that it starts to build a brand new SCOBY on it. Uh, once the SCOBY is formed, we use that uh, fermenter to start a new uh, lot. Um, we add fresh kombucha, which we try to make a balance from with uh, yeast and bacteria. We add vinegar so that we can add more bacteria to the lot. To the lot, I found that with larger vessels, uh, if if I just use the old uh, kombucha, the fresh kombucha we just bottled to start a new one, it'll work. But then I start a new one with that, and, and sooner or later the yeast uh, overwhelms the fermentation, and we just get these really. I mean, the fermentation instead of taking 12 days, it takes four days to brew uh, 360 liters, and if it takes four days. Eight hours after that, it's got enough bubbles. And even if you put it into the fridge, if you don't drink that in a couple of weeks, it, it just doesn't taste that good. So we add vinegar actually to slow down, to slow, or to help the bacteria and find a balance. Um, uh, we also don't we don't have uh, heating pads or uh, we, during the winter, we were fermenting at 14 degrees centigrade, and in the summer, around 24 degrees. So uh, we balance things out with we put more vinegar when it's nice and warm, and we put less vinegar when it's a little bit colder so that we can help the yeah. yeast work. Wow. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, what, two advantages I've heard is you're not, using that much uh, gas or electric because you're not boiling the water. But I, d I didn't know the cold brewing. I'll have to try that in my home. Uh, 12 hours in the water uh, does it. And then you're not uh, heating because, of course, I I'm well aware that you, you do have in the higher elevations in Mexico, uh, like Mexico City, Guadalajara, you do have um, temperature variations quite significant between winter and summer. When you say vinegar, you mean uh, the... Uh, the very strong starter liquid from old brew, not exactly not small vinegar. You, yeah, people should know that who listen to this, but it, it's kombucha vinegar. Is yeah, from every <laughs> exactly from every batch that we bottle, we take a few liters of that. I have three uh, fermenters that I use to make this vinegar. So the first uh, fermenter, every time we bottle. I use the first fermenter, and we put some of the liters that uh, were left from that kombucha into that. Then we let it sit, uh, and we take the yeast out from uh, pouring from the bottom of the tank. And we take that, put it into a second one. And once it gets to the third fermenter, it just, it's just really strong vinegar. So we know that yeah. with that vinegar, there's basically no yeast, it's all bacteria, and that's how we balance a little bit the yeast and the bacteria. Excellent. Yeah, well, that's very explicit. I can see on the videos your three fermenters. I can see the, 
the cold brew, it, it's clever. You've got the uh, the tea is brewed on a on a higher uh, on a stand, so it looks like you just use gravity Correct. to get the yeah that's exactly. Right. And then you look like uh, over in the corner, you've got a walking cooler uh, with uh, the bottles. Um, one last question, exactly. because I really like the design of your bottle, and you've got uh, what looks like a, it's not a label; it's printed on the glass with the logo how, how do you, first of all how did you come up with the logo was that uh, your own art or did you hire somebody to, to graphically design that yeah like i said i'm an audio engineer um, I, my studio was basically focused on uh, advertisement audio so i had uh-huh. a lot of friends uh from advertisement um so one of them is a designer, and uh, he designed the art for the bottle. Uh, he is the one that actually told me, don't put a label. I mean, if you're going to be uh, recycling the bottles, just print the bottles. So the, on the design, the, the bottles are just generic. It has no flavor on it. It's just, it's just a bottle with the design and the description of uh, who we are. And then we add the, the, the flavor. It's on the uh, cap. So uh-huh. just use the same bottle for any of the flavors. And we recycle uh, as much as we can. Yeah, we try to look into being zero waste. Um, and and like. it looks like you've got yeah. larger, larger and a smaller What What? How many milliliters are the larger one and the smaller one? And what's the approximate retail and peso for, for each? When I started uh, selling uh, kombucha, I only used uh, the one liter uh, bottles. Uh, I just figured if I give a friend or whoever a small bottle and he drinks it, I mean, he might feel a little uh, better with drinking about 300 milliliters of kombucha, but that's not going to do any trick. So I figured I, I, he has to somebody to really feel a, a, a difference by drinking kombucha. At least you have to drink two or three days a day. So I figured one liter is perfect. You give one liter to one person and you say, okay, drink one-third of this every day and tell me how you feel. And I had no flavors at the beginning. I just had original flavor, one liter bottles. Then people started saying, well, don't you have any flavors? I started making flavors. And then people started saying, well, don't you have smaller bottles? <laughs> water is too big if you want to just take it with you. And so I, now we have a smaller uh, 300 milliliter bottle and a large one liter bottle. Okay. Uh, we, yeah. Um, we have now. What, what would you typically? What would you typically see it selling for uh, in in the store? I'm sorry. What sells more? Or what, what, uh, what's the What's the retail for the liter and the three hundred? The retail. You mean the price on it, or the? Yeah, the price. How much would I have to pay if I went into a shop to buy it? 
if here in Mexico, it's from 60 to 70 pesos more or less for the small bottle, and okay. 160 to maybe all the way up to 200 pesos for the large bottle. Um, okay. okay. We have something, yeah. Yeah, and, and just so yeah. sort of one other question to wrap this up because uh, I do like to keep the podcast at 20 minutes to half an hour, but this is very, very interesting, Alex. I really appreciate it. Um, how, how widely is it, how did your distribution grow? I mean, originally friends came to the house, you gave them the kombucha, they paid you. you how, how, far, how far across Mexico can you now uh, find your kombucha and, and how do you distribute? Do you have a distributor or do you drive it in a truck yourself? Yeah, we first I, I started selling here in Valle Bravo, which is the easiest. Like you said, it's a tourist spot. A lot of people from Mexico City have weekend homes here in Valle Bravo. Um, so I started selling here in, in Valle. Now then I met someone who has a store here in Valle Bravo, and he has a a truck. He sends every Wednesday to Mexico City to buy stuff. And so the truck leaves from Valle de Bravo to Mexico empty. So that works perfect because I, uh, every Wednesday in the morning we uh, meet at the spot and I, we take all our boxes of kombucha, put it into the truck. The truck goes to Mexico City and we have a, a distributor here in Mexico City. He distributes uh, mainly uh, artisanal beer, craft beer. So he he's the one that uh, delivers all of our kombucha to different stores and restaurants in Mexico City. And now we uh, we started with a kombucha club. Uh, so uh, we have a six bottle, uh, one liter bottle box that you can buy and just get it at your house. We're only selling in Mexico City and Valle de Bravo. Um, like I said, we, we're not forced carbonating or anything, so if you take one of our kombuchas and leave it out of the refrigerator for two or three days, it's just going to have a lot of uh, bubbles. It's not going to taste that good, so we're really looking into having it fresh, the, the best tasting kombucha that you can find. And so right now we're only selling in Vida Bravo in Mexico City. Like yeah. This. Yeah, I, I'm actually looking at your website and I can see that uh, six bottles, a liter, 780 peso, uh, 12 bottles, 290, 720 peso in uh, Mexico City, Vida Bravo. Um, well, this has been wonderful. Uh, I, I, I really applaud the fact that over the last four years you've taken your own health uh, improvements that came early and spreading them across the country, across Mexico. Hopefully, uh, I'll plan my, I've got friends in Puerto Vallarta, you know, on the Pacific coast, which is uh, about 10 hours on a bus, I think. It's five hours to Guadalajara, another five there, but I'll try and make it to uh, by the Bravo at some point. It sounds like a wonderful place. And also, if, if your business keeps growing, hopefully you can distribute uh, as far as Puerto Vallarta at some point, maybe in the distant future. <laughs> um, it's yeah, been great. Be, 
Uh, and good luck Same with here. your award in kombucha. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Booch News. For more about kombucha, please visit boochnews.com.